Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our discussion of tongues and the study of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, specifically verses 20 through 25. The key to this passage are the verses that come immediately before this passage, verses 18 and 19, which read, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also, rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he teaches the true purpose of the gift of tongues in today's portion of this week's message, Tongues Are For a Sign. I am going to give you now six observations on the meaning of the gift of tongues. If you've downloaded the notes, you can fill in some blanks with each of these six reasons. Number one, tongues fulfill a prophecy. Tongues fulfill a prophecy. Now, the quotation here comes from Isaiah 28, verses 9 through 13. So let's read that before we continue. To whom would he teach knowledge? And to whom would he interpret the message? To those just weaned from milk, those just taken from the breast? For he says, order on order, order on order, line on line, line on line, a little here, a little there. Indeed, he will speak to this people through stammering lips and a foreign tongue. He who said to them, here is rest, give rest to the weary, and here is repose, but they would not listen. So the word of the Lord to them will be, Order on order, order on order, line on line, line on line, a little here, a little there, that they may go and stumble backward, be broken, snared, and taken captive. Now, if you woke up this morning and you opened up your favorite book for devotions or you just flipped to a page in the Bible and that was the passage you ran into, you would probably be filled with wanting to say, what? What's that about? Well, I, I printed it for you in your notes, and I put it on our slides here in the format as it is in the New American Standard Bible that we use here at Heritage Bible Church. So you can see that, that most of this is in the form of poetry, a line, a line, a line, and a line. God gave this through Isaiah, 8th century B.C., he gave it to Israel uh, to warn them about what was coming to them because of their ongoing spiritual indolence and idolatry. They were mocking prophets of God, they were ignoring the, the Word of God, and they were worshiping idols. This is a very strong 
warning. Because Israel, spiritually speaking, had rejected God's grace, they had rejected His provisions for them, they were going to be taken captive. That's what this passage is warning about. They were mocking and disregarding Isaiah, just as they had done other prophets. And so, here in the 8th century B.C., in the 700s B.C., Isaiah was given these words from God to predict that Israel was going to be taken captive by a foreign nation. They would hear foreign language being spoken by those who came to take them away. They wouldn't understand those words. And this passage is mocking the attitudes of some of the people toward Isaiah's prophecies in particular and the prophecies of God in general about their spiritual condition. Now, it's probably true in other uh, good translations and maybe in study Bibles, but if you have the New American Standard Bible, you might want to notice the marginal notes that are in verse 10 and in verse 13. This is about as close as I'm going to get to a Hebrew sentence uh, that I'm going to speak in public. But in Hebrews, or in, in verse 10, the Hebrew is savla sav, savla sav, kavla kav, kavla kav, ze'er sham, ze'er sham. It's a whole bunch of monosyllables. It's a whole bunch of gibberish sounding stuff. It's imitating the babbling of a child as the people were saying that Isaiah was a babbler, and they didn't like what he was saying. And you get down to verse 13, and you have the Lord responding to their scoffing by imitating their mockery, and He's using it to represent unintelligible language that Israel was going to hear coming from the mouths of they're conquerors. So, this is um, a very significant sign. And he's saying, this isn't the first time God did this before. So, secondly, understand that this concept of foreign languages as a sign is not even original with Isaiah. He didn't first say it. It goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy, the book that was given just before Israel entered the promised land, that chapter, Deuteronomy 28, contains a long list of predicted consequences, blessings and curses that would come upon Israel if they were to obey or disobey. Blessings if they obeyed curses if they disobeyed God after they inherited the land of promise. Now, we're not going to go study all of Deuteronomy 28, but just look at Deuteronomy 28, verses 49 and 50. And I think that what's on your notes and what's on the screen says Deuteronomy 18. That's because my ring finger is sometimes not very talented when I type. Deuteronomy 28, 49 and 15. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth. Now, to Israel, somebody coming from Babylon, it was like they came from the edge of the world. From the end of the earth, 
as the eagle swoops down, a nation whose language you shall not understand, a nation of fierce countenance who will have no respect for the old nor show favor to the young. Now, what Isaiah was announcing was that you have disobeyed, and it's going to be exactly as God said it would be if you disobeyed Him. You're going to have people come speaking a language, unknown human language, mind you, that you won't understand. So because they had not listened, God would be speaking to them, if you will, in unintelligible phrases, unintelligible to them, because they would be foreign speakers whom God was going to use to take them away. If they were going to persist in acting like children, God's voice to them would sound as the words of an adult must sound to an infant. They, they wouldn't comprehend what the conquerors were saying. A nation whose language is not their own would swoop down on them and execute God's judgment, God's wrath, and His curse upon them exactly as He had promised. Now, it happened just as Isaiah predicted it. God warned them in Deuteronomy 28, even before they entered the land. Now, Isaiah is saying, you've gone down the path of cursing instead of blessing, and this is going to happen to you if you don't repent right now. And then you know what? It happened just like Isaiah warned that the prediction of Deuteronomy was going to be fulfilled. And again, I'm going to commend this to you as it is written in the form of poetry. If you look over to Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, Jeremiah says this, Behold, I am bringing a nation against you from afar, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. It is an enduring nation. It is an ancient nation, a nation whose language you do not know, nor can you understand what they say. Their quiver is like an open grave. All of them are mighty men. They will devour your harvest and your food. They will devour your sons and your daughters. They will devour your flocks and your herds. They will devour your vines and your fig trees. They will demolish with the sword your fortified cities in which you trust. Now, that's the Word of God through Jeremiah, not Isaiah. Jeremiah came after Isaiah. Jeremiah is saying that the captivity that was coming right then was the fulfillment of God's promised curse on Israel. He promised that if they disobeyed in Deuteronomy 28, Isaiah said, it's coming. Jeremiah said, essentially, it's here. Now, the point of this is that this isn't something that Paul just came up with on his own. The development of this thought that the coming of people speaking in foreign languages was a sign of a curse upon the nation of Israel goes all the way back to Moses, to the 15th century B.C., restated by Isaiah in the 8th century B.C. as a prediction, and then by Jeremiah in the late 7th and early 6th centuries B.C. as being fulfilled. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.